0: Welcome to the Mystery of Home Education with Linda LaCour-Hobar, author of The Mystery of History, a world history curriculum for all ages. This pre-recorded podcast is designed for new and returning homeschool parents seeking direction, encouragement, and inspiration from a biblical worldview. And now, your hostess, Linda LaCour-Hobar. Hi, welcome to The Mystery of Home Education. I have a lot to say, but let me set the scene for you about why I'm here. See, if you didn't know, this is my first episode, so I think it's only fitting that we establish a sound reason to be together at all. Now, the reason that I'm here really has everything to do with the title of this podcast, The Mystery of Home Education. So let me tell you what each and every phrase means to me and why I chose it. As for the mystery, well, truthfully, that goes back to my calling to write The Mystery of History, which kind of is a story of how the Lord answers prayer. You see, in the year 2000, so this was right after the Y2K scare, which, yes, oh, I was that lady that prepared and prepared for the Y2K crash. I mean, I've got beans and wheat still in storage from that time period. I honestly have all that because I just learned how to store food properly for the long term. So anyway, following that big scare of Y2K, I went through a time I had this indescribable stirring in my soul for the next season of life. I had one homeschooler that was already in high school. So I was just sort of beginning to see a light at the end of the tunnel. And I wondered what might follow my homeschool years. Now, keep in mind at this time, I had many interests. I'm a pretty high energy person, which is another story for another time, because that's not always been true. I grew up rather chronic fatigued. But anyway, here I was, I'm all over the place with interests and energy, but I'm sensing something specific on the horizon for me. So I set aside almost a whole year in my life, at least several months to just pray about my future. And you know what happens when you do that? The Lord answers. What happened for me in the year 2000 was that people began to reach out to me with questions about homeschooling, so much so that I took notice and I thought, this is it, Lord, of all my interests, I think it's the homeschool movement you want me to pour back into. Keep in mind by then, I'd been homeschooling three kids for 10 years, so I guess I was a veteran because so few were doing it back then. But there's another reason I think some interest grew in that year. It had something to do with a Columbine massacre, that incident. Do you know of it? Well, just in case you don't, here's a story. So in April of 1999, there was a couple of high school boys who went into a school in Columbine, Colorado and just began to shoot. They killed at least 12 students and then took their own lives. Now, the reason this was particularly tragic was we learned later, the boys had been planning this for about a year, which means that they fell through the cracks of a system. A system failed them because there were signs, there was clues, and they were missed. So parents were really gripped with fear, you know, that this could happen anywhere like that. And as a result, parents would, were seeking alternative ideas. And this thing called homeschooling, which was rather minimal back then, grew a little bit more appealing. As a matter of fact, I have some stats to share with you about why some parents will look at homeschooling. And please get used to the idea that I will share statistics with you. Funny thing, I'm not a numbers person, but I am a stat person because stats tell stories. So here's, here's one I have for you. According to Dr. Brian Ray, now he's an expert on research and he's with the National Home Education Research Institute. So in 2007, when he surveyed parents about why they homeschooled, 36% said they did so for religious and moral training. I would say that that was my reason too back then. That's 2007. And of those surveyed, only 21% said they were interested in homeschool because of negative environments in school. Okay, hold that thought. Five years later, just five years later in 2012, When he ran the same survey, get this, 22% of parents said they were doing so for religious or moral training, but 91% chose homeschool because of negative environments in schools. In other words, it skyrocketed the interest in home education. Unfortunately, fear shapes us, and there was grave concern about what was going on. So 91% began to homeschool back then, or that's why they homeschooled. Who even knows what the stats are now? So anyway, let me take us back now. I'm trying to tell this story of why I felt so called to support home education. So after sensing this from the Lord, when people began to call me, I started hosting little mini seminars and meetings in my home where I simply shared my own story. I shared my resources. I offered ideas on curriculum. (laughs) The truth is though, every time I got to the subject of world history, I would kind of pause. Because you see, this was before the mystery of history. And I would pause on this subject because I hadn't quite found what I wanted yet, but I began to describe a curriculum. And what I didn't know then, but what I know now is that I was describing the mystery of history. There was a vision for it before the full calling. Well, Fast forward, it wasn't too long later, there came a day after I'd been praying, after I'd been presenting, I was standing in my kitchen at this tiny little island I had, and I was cutting up vegetables. And while I was doing so, I felt like I heard the Lord whisper to me the mystery of history. Oh, friends, listen, I stopped what I was doing. It was that powerful. I don't know if I actually heard words, but I definitely felt the Lord whisper this thing to me, and I immediately knew what the mystery was. I knew that the mystery was the gospel, and then I felt this real calling to speak of it in the context of world history. That is a subject that I loved. It was a subject I had an interest in. I actually fell in love with history when I was in college. So, back to my whole premise here. Do you see why I named this podcast The Mystery of Home Education? It's a sincere tie-in to my original sense of God calling me to the homeschool movement above all my other interests. Now, I will confess I didn't know it was going to take me 20 years to complete The Mystery of History, But as of this year, in 2021, I recently took our last volume and put it in a colorful hardback. So now all four are colorful hardbacks that match. So now I feel as if this series is complete. I actually finished writing volume four in 2017, but it took me a few more years to get back to one and two and make them hardbacks. But... Point being, I sit again at a rather unique juncture in my life and praying, Lord, what would you have me do next? I still have a lot of interest and ideas, but I cannot escape the call to support home education whatever way I can. A quick summary, you know what the mystery is? And I love the words of Paul here. So let me quote Paul. He would write in Colossians 1, 25 to 27. I became a minister according to the stewardship from God which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery, which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints, End quote. You know, you are his saints, those of you who believe in the Lord. Well, let's keep moving on in our title here. So, we've got the mystery taken care of. What about the next word, of? Well, it's just a preposition, but prepositions show us that one thing is related to another. So, what is related to the mystery? Well, I think home education. So, let me start a little light here with just the word home, okay? So, we're going to take home education apart. Let's look at home. What does home mean to you? What do you picture? What does it stir in you? Is it something warm and fluffy? Is it blankets? Is it hot chocolate by a fire? Is it good smells like bread baking in a kitchen? Is it rocking on a porch swing? Is it a sense of belonging with inside family jokes? Or maybe home is the complete opposite of what I'm describing. Maybe for you, it's been chaos, confusion, cruelty. I'm sorry if that's true, but either way, if you've come from a highly functional or highly dysfunctional family, I think we all have some idea for what home ought to be, for what we wish it was, right? Uh, I think one reason that we have this picture of home and family is because the idea comes from God. The Lord said in Genesis two twenty four. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So it's God's idea. But anyway, so back to home. I know one of many things home offers is this level of intimacy. It offers pet names. Oh, I have to tell you a story about some of our family pet names that have stuck with us for years. So I think pet names often come from our toddlers. At least it did in our case. So my oldest daughter, Heather... When she was real little and a toddler, she couldn't say the word yogurt. She called it mogurt. I can't begin to tell you how many years my husband and I referred to it as mogurt. That's what we served our kids. And there was another one she had, and that was the word family. For whatever reason, she couldn't quite get that word out right. And she always called it flamly. She added an extra L in there. Well, stay with me here. Why this was so meaningful is it fast forward, Heather, she's a high schooler. She went on a mission trip to Ukraine. And so I'm a little nervous. This is my firstborn on the other side of the world. And on this mission trip, which was so many years ago, these kids did not have cell phones. But there was one opportunity she had on the youth trip to email back home. Uh, Just a little window of time. She got one shot at it. So when she emailed us back home, you know what she wrote? She wrote, Dear Flamley. And then she proceeded to tell us about her trip Why was that so meaningful? Because she was recognizing how special we were to her, and how special she is to us. Because we were a family, and no one cared more about her experience on the other side of the world than we did. That's what home is. That's what family is. There is a level of intimacy at home, and I truly believe that is what adds and contributes to home education. I think the level of intimacy just helps us cut through the shallow cuts through the noise, all the junk. I think we can get right to the heart of the matter, whatever subject you're learning together. Mm. So anyway, let's kind of put this together now. I've talked about home. Let's now use home as an adjective for education. Home education. Now more than ever, I am feeling compelled to speak toward home education and Friends, if this was a soundtrack, this is where the music would grow more dark for what I need to bring up next. Because every day that most of us wake up, we are more socialist than the day before. This is true worldwide. This is especially true in the United States today. I could list for you all the ways that the tentacles of socialism are wrapping around us, but you can turn on the news and get that information. It's everywhere. But with that socialism comes a threat, a genuine threat to those who value faith and freedom and the God-given right to homeschool, which we believe it is. Listen, homeschooling is restricted in numerous nations around the world. Did you know that homeschooling had been free in France since the 1800s, but the National Assembly recently passed some laws putting much greater restriction on homeschool families than had ever existed before? I want to quote you someone. Michael Donnelly put it this way. He's the director of global outreach. He said, and I quote, even with millions of new homeschoolers referring to here in the United States, we should not take our freedom for granted. Freedom is not free. It must be constantly earned and preserved. This is what we homeschoolers in the United States must do, or we risk a similar loss of freedom as in France. End quote. Well, let me say this. Yes, I do study world history for a living. I've studied the history of socialism in depthly. I've written workshops on it. So I know the signs. I know the seasons of it. And quite frankly, I think we're there. Socialism isn't coming. I think it's here, at least to some degree. And so while I thought about just writing on the mystery of home education to help us preserve this movement. I feel that I don't have time to write the book. I want to support you now while we are still free to homeschool in a podcast. It's just a faster way to get out some information and to encourage you. As a matter of fact, let me just transition here. I know what I just said is alarming to some, and it is. Socialism is alarming. I can't turn on the news and not sense some fear about restrictions that I see. But Nonetheless, I don't consider myself an alarmist. And you know why? Because I don't just study world history to interpret these difficult times. No, I am also a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm his follower. That means I study his word. And when I do, I'm not so alarmed. You know, God says at least four times in Revelation, He says He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. That means that He has this. This is His story, as the old adage goes. History is His story, but it's true. He is the author of this story, the one that you and I are in. And so, I am not so afraid. By the way, if you have students that are anxiety ridden, or maybe that's you from turning on the news, do this, write down the passages where Christ told John that he was the Alpha and the Omega. The verses, let me list them for you. That's Revelation 1.8, 1.11, 21.6, and 22.13. I'll jot those down in the show notes too so you can find them easily. A little side note here, you know, about this story that we're in together, where our lifespans are overlapping. Isn't it kind of odd that absolutely no one determines the era or the time in which they're born? I just find that kind of interesting. It is God's business and God's business alone when you or I show up on this timeline. Now, he dropped me here in 2021, I can only assume, for his purposes. I also started homeschooling way back in the late 1980s for such a time as this, as Mordecai would say to Esther when the Jews were persecuted. That comes from Esther 414. You know, I started writing history curriculum in the year 2000, and I can't help but think now that it was for such a time as this, not knowing then that a worldwide pandemic would triple, if not quadruple, our numbers this last year. And furthermore, friends, he put you here now. Now. Chances are I am your elder, perhaps by a generation, and that's good. I kinda hope that I am. And that's because Titus 2, 3, and 4 instructs older women that I which I am now. Here's that passage. You probably know it, but I'll read it anyway. It's so beautiful. It says, Older women likewise, be reverent in behavior, not slanderers. Not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women, that's you, to love their husbands, to love their children. That's the end of that passage. You know, the word admonish sounds kind of strong, doesn't it? But it really just means to advise or to urge someone earnestly. I certainly feel compelled right now, given our times. So, about this whole generation thing, by the way, I am 60. Now, and I'm really okay telling you that because the years they're they're beginning to make a difference in in a good way for one, I guess all my really rough stuff is a few years behind me and in the rear view mirror, and aging I don't know it's not quite as bad as I thought it would be. There is a silver lining it gives me silver hair well, literally. Um, One of many things I did during the whole lockdown of our COVID year and a half was that I let some blonde streaks go that I used to pay a lot of money for. I just let them grow out, and now I'm silver. But I digress. Here, I am trying to be lofty, and I'm talking about hair color, but honestly, that's what you're going to get a lot of here on this podcast. Because yes, on one hand. I'm an idealist at heart. I'm an empath. And so, yes, I will try to take us to deep places. I want to share deep thoughts. But I am also ridiculously down to earth. I am painfully truthful. And I hope you like that. I just can't help it. I'm terrible at telling lies. So I will speak the truth in love. You know about me being a Truthsayer, I will say, even when I was little, my sisters, I have two big sisters, Debbie and Diane. You'll probably hear more about them from time to time. I'm the youngest of three. And you know what sisters do? They go to each other for advice on whether or not something looks good on them. Well, let me tell you, the sisters came to me to ask about those outfits. You know why? Because I was the one who would tell the truth. Yeah, I have a hard time lying. I didn't lie well to my parents either. I always got myself in trouble. If I even tried, I would fess up usually pretty quick. Now, why is that important? Well, I think you may have noticed, but our headlines right now, they're just swirling with so many lies and lies and more lies. It's so hard to cut through what is true or not anymore. It's hard to know who to trust. Well, I will do my best to not speak falsehood here, at least never intentionally. I will speak the truth in love because I do want to speak about the Christian faith. I want to speak on the merits of biblical worldview toward education. And I want to truthfully tell you how hard it is at times. <laughs> it is hard. But believe me, it's worth it. And trust me, lots of broadcasts. I will just be practical. on like how to grade and how to do this and how to do that. But can we talk a little bit about just home education proving itself of great worth? Let me give you this good news, since I've already given you some dismal news about socialism. Let's, for encouragement, look at some more stats. I told you I have a lot of stats. Let's look at some stats supporting the incredible success of home education. You ready? So, back to Brian Ray, who gives us a lot of this information. Almost one-fourth of homeschool students, that's 24.5%, they are enrolled in one or more grades above their nominal grade. That speaks well of success, doesn't it? Hmm, so there you go. And let's talk about ACT and SAT tests. According to an Arizona study, homeschoolers would average 1.7 points higher than their counterparts on ACT tests. Yeah, 1.7 points higher than private or public schooled kids. And homeschool students would score 67 points above the national average on the SAT. Wow, are you encouraged? I hope so. You know, it gets even better, according again to Brian Ray. If the public school mean is 50%, okay, so achievement test 50%, private schools are performing better at an average of 65% on achievement tests. But homeschoolers, they hit. 77.5% 77.5% or higher across the board. You know what that means? That's 27.5% better than the counterparts. That's almost 30% better. That's what homeschoolers are doing. Now, subject by subject, on a scale of 1 to 100%, let's go back to public school setting the mean at 50%. Get this, in reading, homeschoolers hit an 89%. In language, 84%. In math, 84%. Science weighs in at 86%. Social studies, 84%. In composite, hmm, homeschoolers are scoring 86% in their subjects. That is 36 points higher than the average student, at least in a public school setting. Educational achievement. It's a great report card for this movement. You know, when you ask parents, What they attribute to their success in this one-on-one teaching, most will say it's because they found less distraction from the classroom and less discipline problems and more freedom to teach according to their students' strengths and abilities. Friends, that's discipleship. That's mentoring. It works for academics as well as spiritual growth. Let me also say on just this phrase, home education. I could have called this podcast the mystery of homeschooling. I thought about it, but I kind of have a pet peeve with the word school. School kind of trips me up because, you see, fish, at least some fish, not all fish, they tend to travel in schools for a reason. They stick together with the flow of the ocean. Can you picture that? Like from a documentary about the sea? You know, that's good for large groups of fish, but it negates the power and the identity of the individual fish. Hmm, who can't seem to go his own way. He has to stay in the school. Well, friends, we are not fish that travel in schools, are we? But by teaching at home, that means we're allowed the freedom to not go with the flow of the ocean. We can follow our own model. And if you dig deep on this subject, that's really the difference between individualism and collectivism. That's freedom versus socialism or communism which brings me right back to one, one of many reasons I feel so compelled to return to my roots of home education and tell you all about it. We're fighting. We're fighting against an ocean of public opinion that does not value individualism like it used to. Now, in closing, I do want to give you a little activity to do with your students. That is, if you have time, this is optional. Just in the same way I give hundreds of enrichment activities in the Mystery of History, I'm going to give you a little something to do if you'd like. So here's my idea. Remember how I talked about Jesus being the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end? Well, here's an idea to bring that truth home to your kids. So have them pull out some Post-its and on one Post-it, write the letter A for Alpha And then look up how to draw an omega and put it on the other post-it. And then find some bookends in your house and put the alpha on one bookend and the omega on the other, okay? Use that visual to just talk about how Christ is holding up everything from the beginning to the end, the same way these bookends are holding up, I don't know, maybe you have about 20 books on a shelf. Now, if you want, go a step further and pretend that those books in between are a timeline. You can even use some post-its and put some great grandparents' names on the books to the left and then keep going with grandparent names, parent names, and then the names of each and every one of your students. They each kind of get their own book and let them see that they are on this timeline in the order that God designed, right? They're the next generation. And I hope that that visual just give them a little comfort, some assurance some hope in this otherwise. Hmm tumultuous world that we're living in. There is a special lineup. It begins and ends with Jesus Christ. Well, friends, for future episodes, I'm going to bring some friends in. Not that any of us are experts on home education, but some of us have some areas of expertise that I hope will be useful to my new homeschool friends and inspiring to my old homeschool friends. Y'all are my people, and the mystery of home education, it's for you. And now, for the sake of the mystery, I'm Linda LaCour Hobar. May the Lord bless you and keep you until we meet again. Thank you for listening to The Mystery of Home Education with Linda LaCour Hobar. For more information on Linda's award-winning history program, visit themysteryofhistory.com, a one-stop shop for chronological, Christian, complete world history for all ages.